Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Sixpack Warriors. Welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, episode 142. If you're from St. Louis, then you probably already know who Zipper Zeppa is. For those of you who don't know who he is, Zip had a career in sports broadcasting and was known as the zaniest guy in the business. But then his faith happened. I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Before I introduce you to Zipper Zeppa, there are a few things I want to briefly address. First, as you know, I'm working to launch a Catholic podcast network. Heck, it doesn't even have a name yet, but the concept and details are really taking shape. Anyway, I really need your opinion on some things. I recently asked listeners who were on my email list to take a survey for me. They graciously did that, and I thank them for it. However, only about 10% of you six-pack warriors are on my list, so now I'd like to invite the rest of you to take the survey. I know that nobody really likes taking surveys, at least I don't, but this is the only way I can find out what you're thinking, what you need, and how I can best serve you. Not only will this survey better help me serve you on this show, but the final four questions of the survey will help me a lot in forming the new Catholic Podcasting Network. This survey is completely anonymous. I have no way of telling who's taking the survey. So please go to my show notes after the show, or even while you're listening, and click on the survey link there. The next two things I want to address sort of go together as one topic. I do all I can to try to keep each episode at about 30 minutes. I don't do that very well, but I try. The reason I shoot for 30 minutes is that it takes most people an average of 30 minutes to commute to and from work, and most of you listen on your commute. Because I try for 30 minutes, I've been splitting my interviews into two episodes. However, a few listeners have mentioned that they wish I wouldn't do that. Not doing so, of course, will make an episode longer. So for this episode, I'm going to run my entire interview with Zip, and that makes for a longer episode. I'd really appreciate it if you'd tell me after the show whether you want me to continue running full interviews in one episode or go back to splitting them up. 
You can contact me through the contact form on my show's website, let me know through the comments section below my show notes, or email me directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com. And I thank you in advance. Now let's get to Zip. Zip Rezepa, whose real first name is Christopher, and I have a mutual friend, Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. But Cardinal Burke isn't how we met. Divine Providence is how we met. I left the St. Louis area in 1972 to move with my parents to a small town in the heart of the Ozark Mountains and didn't return to the area until 2014, nearly 30 years after my conversion. So I had no idea who Zip was when I came home. Soon after my return, in a period of weeks, others began to tell me about Zip and that I needed to meet him. Each time someone told me about my need to meet Zip, the sense of urgency from those people telling me about that need grew. Then completely out of the blue, without any preface or explanation, someone gave me Zip's contact information. Even this thick-headed old Missouri mule got the message. God wanted us to meet. So I contacted Zip. When I made contact and introduced myself, I told Zip that I had no idea why we needed to meet, but asked if he was willing to meet nonetheless. Zip consented and we met at a restaurant at a halfway point between our homes. Zip and I formed a friendship at that meeting that has been greatly beneficial spiritually. I don't know if he's benefited from our friendship, but I know that I've certainly benefited. Zipper Zeppa is one of those rare products of the mainstream media whose Catholic faith has made him a deeply spiritual man, and I believe that every six-pack warrior can benefit through some sort of association with him and the work that he does for Christ and his holy church. Consequently, you'll find three links relating to Zip in my show notes. One of those links is for Zip's book titled, For a Greater Purpose. I very highly recommend this book to all of you six-pack warriors. Spoiler alert, the book becomes incredibly interesting when talking about his move to St. Louis. Now, without any further delay, let's listen to the interview with my friend Zip Rezepa. I've interviewed a lot of Catholic luminaries, a few bishops, but I've only been privileged to interview one person in all the time I've done this podcast, and that was Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, my friend. Well, this is the second time I feel privileged to interview someone, and this is my friend Zip Rezepa. We've been friends for, oh, I don't know, six or seven years, but he's on the show today. I realize most of you, unless you're from the St. Louis area, don't know who he is, but you're going to learn a lot about a very remarkable man today. Zip, welcome to the Cantankerous Catholic. Joe Sixpack, it is an honor to be with you. <laughs> Thank you, Zip. By the way, I forgot to mention the Zip's, uh, well, his name is not Zip. That's his name in media. He is, uh, his first name is Christopher. But Zip, let's start right out with the questions here. Six-pack warriors in St. Louis are very familiar with you for obvious reasons, but those outside the area aren't. Now, Zip, will you please tell the six-pack warriors a bit about yourself? Sure. I uh, grew up in uh, Detroit, uh, born and raised. I was a cradle Catholic, had a couple of brothers, uh, we all went to uh, Catholic schools through grade school and high school. Then I went to Boston University to pursue a career in media. I wanted to be a sports writer because I love sports. I um, actually played on the basketball team at Boston University as a uh, walk-on. Uh, I say played, I mostly sat on the bench, but I was on the team and cut my letter and uh, love sports. So um began working for the, cal the, the uh, campus radio station at Boston University and uh, turned away from the sports writing aspect to sports broadcasting. And upon graduation, I set out to make it as a television sportscaster. So I started out in the minor leagues of television, working in Fort Wayne, Indiana, then uh, graduating to uh, Flint Saginaw Bay City, Michigan, 
and then uh, up a step to Cincinnati, Ohio, where I had the privilege of covering some of the great pros with the uh, Cincinnati Reds, Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan, all those guys, Pete Rose during the great Reds teams in the 70s. Covered the Cincinnati Bengals when they made it to the Super Bowl in 1981. From there, I got a job in Boston at Channel 7 and uh, went there and did TV there with my college friend Bill O'Reilly. I had gone to Boston University with Bill, and uh, they hired him to do the news, and they hired me to do the sports. And one year later, after the station was sold, the new managers came in. We got fired together, <laughs> and I had to look for a job. Uh, after five months of unemployment, I found a job in St. Louis, came to St. Louis working for the ABC TV affiliate, and uh, then jumped to the CBS affiliate, had a long and successful career as a television sportscaster, and uh, in the mid-90s, at the age of 43, I was just burnt out. Burnt out of working until midnight every night of my life, doing the 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 10 p.m. East Coast time, 11 p.m. sportscast, Sunday night shows, working 70 hours a week to be a television sportscaster and to succeed at the craft. I just quit, uh, went through a spiritual deepening of my faith, began doing door-to-door evangelization in some of the most crime-ridden, drug-infested parishes in the St. Louis area met a person who led me into working with people with disabilities at Goodwill Industries, did that for a number of years, helping people to find employment, people who were mentally and or physically impaired. From there, I became the executive director of the St. Vincent de Paul Society, the St. Louis Council, overseeing 3,000 volunteers in 180 parishes, serving the poor, the needy, and the suffering. From there, I went to an organization called Angels Arms to help foster children who were being separated from their siblings. And after staying there for a while, I felt called to start an apostolate, a media apostolate. We dedicated to the Blessed Mother. We consecrated it to her Immaculate Heart. It's called Mater Media. Mater is the Latin word for mother. Just as Mater Dei is the mother of God, Mater Media is the mother of media. And we devote all our work to her. Through the years, we've expanded from the original purpose, which was to write, print, publish, and distribute books to evangelize the Catholic faith, to our new mission statement, which is to make Jesus Christ more known and more loved by more people through media. So now we work with a wide range of media to accomplish that mission. That sounds great, Zip. About six years ago, you wrote a book called For a Greater Purpose. Tell us why you wrote that book and what you hope people will get out of it, both Catholics and non-Catholics. Yeah, that was my, um, For Greater Purpose was pretty much my autobiography. Uh, we published in 2015. It was pretty much my journey from uh, growing up in Detroit, my family life, going to school, wanting to be a major television sportscaster kind of seeing the uh, deeper things in life, the spiritual reversion, the spiritual deepening, the desire to serve the poor, the needy, the suffering. It's a very personal story. I bared my soul in that book. I wanted to give witness to what God has done in my life, uh, both when I wasn't seeing very clearly the path he wanted me to be on and how close he wanted me to be with him. And then as I grew in faith and uh, was blessed with uh, more spiritual awareness and began seeing that it wasn't about me. <laughs> it was about him and my love for the Lord and how we grew and how I tried to serve him and uh, all the stories along the way. Pretty much, Joe, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. And in that book, I tell a lot, a lot of stories about you do uh, that. a lot of different aspects of my life. Yeah, you tell the stories all right. I was Frankly, I couldn't put the book down. I really couldn't. It it took me, oh gosh, I, I, I generally have an hour to read a book every day. And I think I got yours done in three days. It was, you know, wow. that would be three hours. I just, I just couldn't, couldn't put it down. And, and, you know, in some books you just read and drag along from word to word. In yours, it all flowed so well. I loved it. 
Uh, Zip, you're from Detroit, so you're not a St. Louis native, but now you feel like this is home. Yes. Uh, I tend to think, according to what you've written anyway, I tend to think God really began to change your life's course when you came here. Can you tell us about that? Sure. When I was uh, let go by Channel 7 in Boston, I still had dreams of uh, being a big, big, big television sportscaster. I was a finalist for the sports director's job at WABC-TV in New York, the number one station in the number one market. I just missed getting that job. And so I was filled with pride and hubris. And I thought, well, I'll just get a job in, you know, maybe the next biggest city, maybe LA or Chicago or something. And um, after five months of unemployment, the Lord uh, brought me an offer from a television station in St. Louis. And in all honesty, I was reluctant to take that job. I thought, no, I'm too good for St. Louis. I want to be in one of the biggest cities in the country. And I was very, very resistant. And only through the grace of God did I accept the job. I remember being on my knees in my condo in Boston, praying to God to let me know if he wanted me to come to St. Louis. And the answer was clear. And I said, okay, Lord, I don't want to do this, but I want to do your will. So I uh, packed my bags and I headed to St. Louis and I've been here for about 38 years, and it became pretty clear why the Lord <laughs> wanted me here in St. Louis. Well, that's, that's great, Zip. One of the things you talked about in your book was prison apostolate. I spent decades working in prison apostolate. Many Catholics say that prison apostolate is a waste of time or that convicted felons don't deserve our efforts. How would you respond to that? I respond by saying every person is uh, a son or daughter of God. Everyone has dignity. Everyone, each, each and every one of us, no matter what we've done or where we are or what our circumstances are in life. So that soul in prison is just as valuable in the eyes of God as the president of the United States or someone with a big position or seeing success in life. Every person is important. And, uh, I love the prisoners. Um, I work with uh, Eric Jenis, who does prison concerts for prisoners. We just had him in St. Louis in August to do three concerts in private homes to raise funds for his work to go into prisons. He brings with him a world-class violinist, a world-class cellist, a world-class vocalist. He goes in with his keyboards, and this man... Eric Jenis is an international composer of extreme talent, and he brings the light of Christ into the darkest places in the world, the darkest places in our country, the prisons. These are not, not beautiful places physically. I've been with Eric uh, at five different prisons in the state of South Carolina. I bring him, brought him to a Pacific prison here in Missouri. I've been with him for countless concerts he's put on. And and to see uh, the inside of a prison is an experience. Uh, it really is. But those are all souls for Christ, Joe. Those are all souls that in the eyes of God are just as valuable as you or me or anybody else. Yeah, going into prison is something I relate to. St. Francis going to try to evangelize can't remember he was a Shaw or or something like that, a, a Muslim leader. He risked his life just walking into the camp, you know, and that's what you do when you walk into a prison. You're risking your life because they aren't places full of kind people. But I personally, I'm kind of taking over the interview here, but I personally relate one story whenever I'm talking about being against the use of the death penalty in most cases and the value of prison apostolate. There was one man who was sent to death row in 1970 whenever the United States Supreme Court overturned the death penalty. It was automatically commuted to life. I met the man after he had been in prison for 25 years. 
he was known system-wide as being the most dangerous man in the entire penal system. Yet, grace worked, and he was no way ready to become a convert whenever he was uh, still on death row or by the time he was scheduled to be executed. But he did become a Catholic. He became my godson. Wow. Uh, I had the privilege of, he, he passed away, may rest in peace, but I had the privilege of being able to take care of his funeral because otherwise they'd have just buried him in a place they call Ant Hill, and it's every bit as ugly as it sounds. Mm. But the point is, grace works in prison just like it does out here. Yes. And, you know, prison apostolate isn't cut out for everyone. Not everyone's cut out for it. But by golly, I try to get people to go into the prisons and do work Feel like you just can't do that? Support good prison apostolates with your money because you yes. get the same credit from God. Yes. So that's why it's a joy oh. for us to sponsor the uh, concerts by Eric Jenis. Uh, the people that he plays for in uh, wealthy persons' homes, they're not going to go into the prisons, but they can participate in the ministry by funding his uh, the travel and the uh, budgets for his musicians. Because guess what? <laughs> Prisons don't have entertainment budgets. They don't pay him no, to come in and perform. <laughs> but a quick story, Larry, about, uh, you know, along the lines of what you were talking about. I was in a prison in 2019 in South Carolina with Eric Jenis, and we met a man who was the head of the uh, chapel at the prison. And he was a tall, older man in his 60s, and he took the time to tell me his life story, how he had been horribly abused as a teen by men who just abused him. And in turn, he killed a couple of them, and he was sentenced to a long, 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 long term. I think it was 600 years or something like that. And he was such a bad actor in prison that they would trade him to other prisons. They sent him from South Carolina to Arizona to get, to make a trade because he was so unruly. And in Arizona, he became the high priest of wiki and Ouija boards and all kinds of occult religious junk. And he just never saw the light until one day they did a, a Kairos retreat. And he came to know the Lord Jesus Christ and changed his life. They sent him back to South Carolina. He became the minister, if you will, of the prison chapel and just was a wonderful person. And to his shock, this past April, he was paroled after serving 36 years. He thought he would never get out. He went home to Virginia. His elderly parents were, one was on their deathbed. He brought his father to his final breath, taking care of him and helping his mother. And just this week, uh, on Labor Day 2021, he got married to a woman who had supported him and had been in contact with him when he was in prison. So God works in amazing ways in all of our lives. Indeed, he does. That's, that's a great story. I could, I could tell stories all day long about some of these prisoners because the apostle that I worked in was very, very active and we made a lot of converts. It was in the deep South and that is no place to be Catholic. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was extraordinary the way we saw the Holy Spirit move and grace just take over the minds and hearts of these men. Praise God. Praise God. Zip, you've got a number of videos on YouTube. When I began listening to them, I was struck by the depth of the spirituality in them. What did you hope to accomplish with these videos? Well, one of the series is to um, encourage people to develop a devotion to the rosary. We had published a um, rosary CD that we did with the students of the St. Austin School here in St. Louis, uh, it's a very beautiful CD. It's the uh, Four Sets of Mysteries, 
the students pray the uh, memor- uh, the um, uh, Hail Holy Queen in Latin. They do three Hail Marys in Latin for the intentions of the Holy Father. It's a beautiful CD. So we wanted to encourage the distribution of that. So we began doing videos on the 20 Mysteries of the Rosary. And uh, we named them different things. We didn't say the first mystery of the first joyful mystery or whatever, because we wanted a broader audience. So we would give them different titles. And then it would just be two or three minute takes on each mystery, the 20 mysteries of the rosary that um, just whatever the Holy Spirit gave me as insight into the mystery and a way to describe it to people, to encourage them to meditate on the 20 great mysteries of the rosary. I mean, the greatest events in the lives of our Lord and our Blessed Mother. I always encourage devotion to the rosary. And I just thought, well, with a video series, maybe that would be a way we could uh, encourage devotion to the rosary. That's great, Zip. And I have enjoyed all of your videos. I really have. I really wish you'd make more, lots more. <laughs> One final question, Zip. With the state of the church from the Vatican on down, especially here in America, Catholics are darting for the door in a mass exodus of the church. Mm. What would you say to those Catholics, and what hope can you give them? I would say the truth is the truth. The church is the church. The Catholic church is the only church that was started by our Lord Jesus Christ. All the others were started by men, or in some cases, women. But the Catholic Church for 2,000 years, established by Jesus, meant to be in perpetuity for all time until the next world, is the one true Catholic faith. The one true Catholic faith is where we need to be. If we want the depth of spirituality, uh, the wisdom of the Church, you've got to be in the Catholic Church. And people criticize the church, as we all know, as you alluded to, uh, the church is losing members. Um, there's a lot of conflict in the church, all kinds of problems. We're not going to sugarcoat it or turn a blind side to that. No question about it. It's a difficult time for the Catholic church. But that doesn't change the fact that it's the only church that Jesus founded and the church that he intended to last for all time. I love the church, Joe. I love the church so much. And I will do anything and everything I can to bring more people into the church and to encourage people in the practice of their faith. The church is the only church that has the sacraments that Jesus himself, while he was on this earth, established. And what depth, I mean, how much deeper can you go than the Son of God giving us his body to eat and his blood to drink in the Holy Eucharist? Only in the Catholic Church are you going to find that. And where else are you going to go to have your sins forgiven by God himself through the priest than the Catholic Church? The sacrament of baptism which renews us, which takes away original sin. We we receive the Holy Spirit. We become co-heirs with the Son of God to eternal life. (laughs) You've got to come to the Catholic Church and be baptized. Confirmation, the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles at that time, and the subsequent descent of the Holy Spirit upon us. This is a great, great, great sacrament. The sacrament of the sick, the sacrament of holy orders, the sacrament of matrimony, where Men and women come together. Yes, men and women, as God ordained it, to procreate and to carry on humanity under God in obedience to him. This is where we find the truths that God wants to impart to us, that he did impart to us through his own son, Jesus Christ, during his time here on earth. So in the Catholic faith, we find the fulfillment of the Catholic faith. Other faiths have tenets of the truth, partial truth, but only in the Catholic Church do we find the fullness of the truth that the Lord wants to give to us as a great gift to us, to show us the way to eternal life with him. I'm just at a loss for words, Joe, sometimes to go on about um, the greatness of the church that God founded, that he intends for us to have on this church. And I just wish everyone would be a member of his holy Catholic Church. Amen. You know, I would only add two things to that. The first thing is that the biggest thing I hear from people 
is that they want to leave the church because of the corruptness, especially of the bishops, but some of the priests, or actually many of the priests today. And I would say the church is a divine institution. It is Jesus Christ present in time and space. Yes. Don't judge these men by a divine standard. They're men. They're going to sin. They do sin. Jesus chose 12 apostles, all handpicked, and one of them was Judas. Yes. So they aren't a reason to leave the church. They'll be judged for the things they do or fail to do, but they're not a reason to leave the church. The second thing that I would add is that, in my humble opinion, (laughs) it's not very often that I have a humble opinion, (laughs) but in my humble opinion, right now, the only person I believe you can count on 100% of the time to be absolutely true and loyal to the 2,000-year magisterial teaching of the church is Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, and people should listen to him at every opportunity. He remains loyal to the church. He is a loyal son to the Pope, even though the Pope does some pretty strange things sometimes. And you can always count on him to give truth. I'm sorry, I just had to throw those things in. Sure. Zip, I'll tell you, it has been a real privilege, honor, and pleasure for me personally to have you on as a guest. Do you think we could get you on the show again in the future? Sure. Joe Sixpack, I would love to come back sometime. (laughs) Well, great. I want to tell listeners, Zip and I have been friends for, what, six, seven years? About that, sure, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have, because I have become homebound, and Zip has become so incredibly busy that uh, I haven't seen him in a while. And on this interview platform, he and I get the opportunity to actually look at each other. Neither of us have a face for television. So fortunately, <laughs> these podcasts are audio, but he and I get to see each other, and that's a real privilege for me. I'm enjoying it. Likewise, well, Zip, Zip, thank you very much for being on the show, and I look forward to having you back. I also look forward to seeing you again soon. Likewise, Joe. Let's do it. Okay. Take care, buddy. The whole reason I wanted you to meet Zip is that he's the most deeply spiritual layman I know. For the spiritual health of six-pack warriors, I want you to visit the show notes for this episode. First, I want you to click on the link for Zip's book for a greater purpose. Buy this book and read it. You'll certainly find it entertaining. I caught myself laughing out loud a few times, but mostly you'll see how grace unfolds in the life of virtually any Catholic who takes Jesus at his word. Then, especially if you're married, click on the link for Catholic Marriage Day and check it out. This site and what it promotes is a project of Zip's Modern Media in partnership with famed Catholic radio personality Chuck Neff. Finally, just check out the link to Modern Media to see what Zip does to serve Christ Church. Getting acquainted with what Zip does and following him closely will help you in your spiritual growth. I spent a lot of time on this show explaining what we have to do to obey Jesus in becoming holy, becoming a saint. Now I'm giving you a shining example of how to begin the journey to holiness by introducing you to Zip or Zeppa. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. The China virus lockdown suspended mass across the country. When restrictions were lifted, few Catholics returned to mass. Why? Because no matter how you slice it, American Catholics simply don't know our faith. In two different EWTN surveys of Catholics conducted in November of 2019 and February of 2020 respectively, 86% said that their religion is very important to them. Yet 82% reject at least one Catholic doctrine, 41% never go to confession, 61% don't attend Mass regularly, 70% don't believe in the real presence, 84% believe abortion should be illegal, and 55% agree with euthanasia. 
clearly, American Catholics are completely or almost completely ignorant of the Catholic faith. If they weren't, these figures wouldn't be so dismal. Despite their lack of knowledge, it's nearly impossible to interest them in catechesis they need so desperately. Well, I've got a remedy for that. Introducing the What We Believe, Why We Believe It bulletin inserts, which are endorsed by Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke. Everyone reads the Sunday Bulletin, and these bulletin inserts provide a thumbnail catechism lesson that is anything but typically boring catechism. They not only tell readers what the church believes, but why the church believes it. In the parishes where these bulletin inserts are already being used, parishioners love them. I know because I get emails every week telling me so. If you're a parish priest, you can get three months of what we believe, why we believe it, to try it out for free. Some laity get subscriptions for their parishes as well. To learn more, click on the link in my show notes that says Six-Pack System Bulletin Insert. It just requires 11 minutes of your time to see the video. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to the Daily Wire. Senator Joe Manchin has allegedly been telling fellow Senate Democrats that Congress should take a strategic pause on President Biden's $3.5 trillion social spending bill until 2022. Axios noted that delaying the social spending bill could imperil House passage of the separate $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill, which Pelosi has promised to pass by September 27. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the Daily Wire. The Senate parliamentarian said that the existing rules of the Senate do not allow for amnesty for illegal immigrants to be passed through the budget reconciliation process. AP political writer Zeke Miller called it a big blow to Biden and the Democrats. <laughs> I'm glad of that. Wow, that's just incredible. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to the Washington Examiner. Facing a looming government shutdown, House Democrats have scheduled votes this week to increase the size of the debt ceiling and to continue funding the government. But they also plan to move forward with a bill that would codify Roe v. Wade, which legalized abortion, into federal law. House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer said, We must ensure that women and health care providers are protected and that a woman's access to health care is not determined by where she lives. <laughs> okay. Why, you no good, stinking, rotten rascal! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic, Catholic News Pick Number 2 Hats off to Fox News. Mike Mullen, who served as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under the Bush and Obama administrations, called the recent Kabul drone strike a tragic, tragic mistake after the Pentagon confirmed only civilians were killed and not members of ISIS-K. When asked by ABC's This Week whether there needs to be accountability, Mullen said, Absolutely, I think there should. That's what I'm talking about! You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 1 Hats off to the Catholic vote. A viral video showing a toddler crying and resisting as daycare workers repeatedly try to keep a mask over his face has outraged many, leading to renewed denunciations of mask mandates such as the one instituted by the New York governor last week. The video was originally posted by a New York mother, according to The Blaze. This is my poor kid at daycare today so I can work, the mother wrote, and included the hashtags, Breaks My Heart and Why Are We Punishing Babies? Despicable! 
You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I am hard, but I am fair. It's time for the Catholic Boot Camp with your drill sergeant, Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Learn the Catholic faith and how to defend it like you've never heard it before. This boot camp is tough, so there's no political correctness, no spirit of Vatican II, and no namby-pamby platitudes. Drill Sergeant Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, will prepare you for spiritual war. Now here's Joe Sixpack. There's a crisis in the church and world today. It's called manhood. The most endangered species in the world isn't a whale or a buffalo or a feline in the wild or even a rat the EPA uses to keep some poor farmer from being able to farm his land. The most endangered species in the world is men. But even men can be divided into subspecies, and so the absolute most endangered species is the Catholic man who believes in and lives his faith. But even the Catholic man has his problems, problems that make him contribute to his own demise. The current generation of Catholic men who are in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are men who've been smothered in the current culture, so they're stunted in their maturation. In short, they just never grew up. They think marriage is as disposable as their fast food coffee cup, that their wives, if they're not living with someone they're not married to, are sex objects, and that things are more important than growing their families and standing up for things worth dying for, like our faith and our country. These are men who are Catholic more in name and culturally than they are men who truly love Christ and his church. It's the male Catholic's failure to commit to Christ and his church that has largely contributed to the demise of the culture and a lack of energy in the church. Yes, my generation is at fault too, and we recognize the problems we allowed to fester, but each successive generation is worse than the one before it. But there is a remedy to being a dying breed. The first thing to recognize is that the creator of the universe became man to die for our sins and redeem us. The reason he instituted the Catholic Church was so that the redemption he won for us on the cross could be applied to all men of all times and all places. Recognizing this leads to obeying the one command above all others that Jesus gave us in Matthew 5.48. You must be perfect as your Father in heaven is also perfect. In other words, we must work toward becoming a saint. This isn't a suggestion of Christ, but rather it's a command. Gentlemen, our nation and our church are in dire trouble. The nation is collapsing around us, and the Catholic Church in America appears to be fast asleep. It's not so much our bishops and priests who are asleep, though. Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke has been crying out to us for decades about the decline of the family, life issues, and the dominant moral decay. Francis Cardinal George, shortly before he died, prophetically stated that he would die in his bed, his successor would die in prison, and his successor would die a martyr. Thirty years ago, servant of God, Father John A. Harden, who I knew, arguably the greatest theologian of the last century, repeatedly warned us to prepare for martyrdom in this country. No, these people haven't been asleep at the wheel. The sleeping driver at the wheel is the laity, especially the male laity. If you want to change the direction of our nation and reawaken the sleeping giant called the Catholic Church, then it's up to us men to make that happen. The way we do that is to get serious about our holy and ancient faith. We must stop being lukewarm about our faith. Jesus said, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were cold or hot. So, because you were lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you from my mouth. He stated this in the book of Revelation, the book dealing with the end times. And we're more lukewarm about our faith than any other generation in the history of the church. I don't know about you, but I'm not really very anxious to have Jesus spew me from his mouth. 
If you want to move from lukewarmness to being hot for Christ and his church, you must first assume your rightful and God-given role as the head of your household. Your wife needs to know that you're truly the spiritual head of your family, and your children need the influence of a good Catholic man who lives his faith. The happiness and continuity of your family depends on this. The question is, how do you turn things around for yourself? I'd recommend the following. 1. Get to know Jesus Christ as he truly is, the way the church tells us the real Jesus is, and try to imitate him as best we can in daily life, cooperating with the actual graces he sends us for that purpose. 2. Make it a habit to go to confession at least once a month. This is where you'll make the greatest spiritual progress because the priest has the sacramental graces of holy orders, and those graces enable him to know how to direct the soul who comes to him with frequency and regularity. 3. If you're going to imitate Christ, it would help to get to know him. That's done by spending at least 15 minutes a day in prayer and another 15 minutes a day reading the Bible. You've got 1,440 minutes in a day. Surely you can give God 30 of them. 4. Study the Mass. Contrary to popular belief, the Mass is incredibly masculine. In fact, our holy and ancient faith is, in and of itself, a very masculine faith, and your masculinity will be magnified in your thinking and your actions when you study the Mass. True masculinity, that is, and not the obnoxious machismo touted as masculinity these days. 5. Pray the rosary daily and carry it in your pocket. It doesn't have to be prayed completely all at one time, but can be done incrementally throughout the day as time permits. Praying the rosary helps you develop a tender devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that would be in perfect imitation of Jesus Christ. 6. Get to know your guardian angel and patron saint. Read about the angels and your patron saint, then talk to them. I talk to mine all the time, in the shower, or while walking, whatever. The more you learn about and talk to them, the more you'll find them coming to help you. They're real, and they'll communicate with you. 7. Sit down and go over your budget. Be objective and call out all that isn't absolutely necessary. It's all right to have some recreation and a little pleasure, but your focus should be on the practical. This enables you to accomplish several things, being better prepared for emergencies and the hard times that befall all of us, set a good example for your children about hard work and the true value of money, and to be able to better support your parish. 8. Finally, see the family for what it truly is. The church is long referred to the family as the domestic church. So, in imitation of Jesus, you should be the domestic church's prophet, priest, and king. As prophet, you'll be the spiritual and moral teacher of your family. As priest, you'll be the true man of the house who leads his family in prayer. As king, you'll be defending your family against prevailing perverted culture and lead them to the Eucharist and penance for the sake of their souls and the health of your family. If you'll do these things, collectively we can change our declining American culture and awaken this sleeping giant called the Catholic Church. But even if we collectively fail in changing the culture for the better, at the very least we can give rise to a new generation of Catholics who'll do always and only what Jesus Christ demands of all of us. When I realized that God was leading me into podcasting with the Cantankerous Catholic, I knew it was for more than just serving you and saying what I say and doing what I do. Circumstances have recently caused me to see the next step. Some of you are going to be called by God to participate in this next step because you love souls and our holy and ancient faith. If you're a regular listener, you'll recall that I spent weeks promoting the idea that some of you need to get into the heat of spiritual battle by starting your own podcast. The other day I read a statistic that led me to believe that it's necessary now more than ever. Statistics show that attendance at Mass has increased for women, but men have virtually disappeared. The reasons are varied. 
The relevant point is that we need to get men back because there can be no family and no Catholic church without strong Catholic men. I had to learn the podcasting business in order to take the next step that I'm convinced God wants me to take. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be forming a Catholic podcasting network. I'll be inviting some very good independent Catholic podcasters into the network. More important to you, though, I'm imploring you to consider developing and launching a podcast of your own to join this new network. I'm working out the system so you'll even be able to earn revenues with your podcast if you join the network. Don't think that your age, circumstances, talents, or lack thereof will keep you from launching a podcast. I'm old, in a wheelchair, can use only one arm, and my brain and mouth are rarely in sync. I sound good to most of you on the show, but you ought to hear it before the audio editing. Trust me, you can do it. I'm willing and anxious to help any and all of you who are willing to work with me to develop a podcast of your own for this network. It'll take me time. It'll cost me thousands of dollars that I don't have, but God's proven to me that he's a very generous banker when I'm doing what he wants me to do. Bottom line, this will get done. If you're interested in the possibility of starting a podcast that can be part of this network that can reach millions of souls and save the church from its current problems, reach out to me. Let's start a conversation today, now. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. This week's Catholic quote is from St. Gerard Magella. He said, Who except God can give you peace? Has the world ever been able to satisfy the heart? I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. On a warm, muggy Sunday morning in Jamaica in the early 20th century, a missionary priest turned his pony onto the highway that skirted the seashore. Father, a voice called, what time is Holy Mass? The missionary stopped his carriage. A Jamaican youth, about 18 years old, whom he'd seen at Mass several times in his little church, approached. Are you going to Holy Mass? Yes, Father. Am I too late? Are you going to Montego Bay? Yes, Father. How far have you walked already? From over the mountain, eight miles back. You're walking 13 miles to Holy Mass? Yes, Father, and I'm fasting for Holy Communion. Do you intend to walk back home today? Yes, Father. The priest invited the boy to sit in the seat beside him, and they rode together to the mission church five miles away. This young man walked 26 miles on a hot tropical day to hear Holy Mass and to receive Holy Communion. And this was a regular occurrence for him. There are a lot of people who consider themselves good Catholics, yet find it difficult to drive a couple of miles to Mass on Sunday. Don't be one of those Catholics. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It. 